I love the song before last um, that we sang um, as we were going through this this whole week and the song that reverberated through my mind, you know, as we went through all this, is through it all. Only words I could say is, it is well. It is well with my soul. And as much pain and, and as much, I mean, tears that were shed, there was just knowing that it was well with my soul because I know, I know where my pastor's at. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of share some information with you guys um, of how we can be a part of what's going on this next week. And we want to be here to support the family. We've had tons of calls and information saying, hey, how can we help? And so we put on our website, on the Adventure Church website, and you can go to that and you can find out how you can help. Um, there's ways, if you go to the Sign Up Genius, they give you information on ways you can help in, in food, in uh, cleaning, in yard work, in uh, the things that you can do, say, I do this, can I help with this? And so you can sign up there and, and it's a, a good way of, of jumping in and helping out. And being a part of what's going on there. So that's a sign of genius. Another thing that people have asked is how can we support the family uh, in a financial way? And so we set up a GoFundMe. And you can go on the same page and find that and, and give to, to help the family in uh, all the expenses, everything that's going on with that. Um, also on there is the information about our celebration service. And we are going to celebrate an incredible man's life. And that is February 27th. Um, it's this upcoming Saturday. And uh, because of the size of it, we're going to be holding the service at K2. Um, the address is in there, but it's on 5049 South in, on Murray Boulevard. Um, they have a lot more space uh, for all of us to get in there. And at this time, we're going to have the celebration service. Um, so you want to be a part of that. It's going to be at noon, and there's just going to be some light refreshments afterwards. And then we're trying to put together a, a plan for us as a family to come together and also celebrate his life. And so right now, we're looking at March 9th of... Um, meeting back here on that day and having just a worship night. And um, at that time, we'll, we'll have more of an opportunity for a lot of you guys to just share your heart about Eric um, with, with some sharing with an open mic. Um, because at the service, there's going to be so many people there that we just don't have the opportunity to, to let everybody um, share the impact that he made on their life. And so um, that's March 9th, and it's, it's, it's going to be like a birthday celebration. So we want to just uh, be there for that and be there as a family. So... Um, we're going to go into our first fruits and uh, give back to God of um, what he so graciously gave to us. And before we do that, as, as yeshers are, are preparing themselves, um, Wednesday night when we had a service, I read this verse, and I'm going to read it again, and, uh, and then we'll go into our first fruits time. But it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And then you skip down a few verses. It says, for the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. So if you're a guest with us this morning, we want to welcome you. 
to this, this service, and, and we have these uh, little packets that are inside the baskets that are going around, and those are for you guys. It's just, it just tells you a little bit about the church, but it just says thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of this service. You can go to our cafe and, and get a free drink with that. Just fill it out. Take it to them in our cafe. And uh, again, we just want to say thank you for being here. Um, and so let's just pray for our, our first fruits. Father God, Lord, I thank you that you are our portion forever. Mm-hmm. God, that you are more than enough. And even though other things get in the way and try to cloud that up, God, you are more than enough. And so, Lord, we give to you abundantly from our hearts, God. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Joyfully, we give to you, God. And so, Lord, we just pray your blessings upon this offering. That you would just use it, Lord, powerfully to further your kingdom. In your precious and holy name, amen. Amen. As the baskets are going around, um, we want to uh, give this opportunity right now to have uh, Pastor Jody come up here and address you guys and just share with you guys. Um, So this is a lot of strength for her to be here, and we just want to honor that and thank you for her love. As I was walking in, the verse came to me, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. (laughs) That still applies today, even if we're grieving, even though we're mourning, because the Bible says that we rejoice in our sufferings, because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So Eric wouldn't want this service to be all about him. I know he doesn't. I'm so glad that Chase said that at the beginning. This isn't a service about Eric. This is a service about a great God. A God that redeemed Eric's life. A God that redeems our lives. And I just have a couple of things I want to share. I didn't... I didn't really prepare, so I'm just going to shoot from the hip. So as Eric would say, just go ahead and candy coat it in your own mind if you need to. I just first of all want to tell you, um, it is well with my soul. And the closest we can be to Eric is when we're standing there worshiping his God. So it was so awesome because they... chose his favorite songs today for worship. So that was really a blessing. I just wanted to kind of share the story with you. So if you have any questions about what happened, um, I'll try to clear up any of those. And uh, I, I do want to, in everything I say and do concerning this whole situation, I want to bring honor and glory to the Lord. Because that's what Eric would have wanted. He would have wanted nothing less. So um, it's, it's a super, super long story, and I don't want to take up Iris' time. Um, <laughs> but I'll just kind of start back last Friday, uh, a week ago Friday. We, did our, we took a road trip down to Las Vegas. My parents had rented several rooms for us to have a little family reunion. 
So we went down there. All of my kids were there with their spouses. And my dad and, and my mom were there. And my mom's sister, who's amazing, and my brother was there from Minnesota. And we just had a glorious, glorious time. But because it was in Vegas, I can't tell you about it. So... <clears throat> So uh, anyway, we, we had a wonderful time. We laughed and uh, just celebrated. And we all thought, my dad was recently diagnosed with Parkinson's, so we thought it was about him. But we realized it was really for Eric to get all his kids together. And so anyway, um, I, had, I had decided to stay uh, a few extra days. Um, because I wanted to spend some time with my dad. and um, So everybody came back. Eric realized on Sunday that he had made an appointment to have an MRI on his shoulder on Monday, so he drove back from Vegas by himself. And uh, then my daughter Rebecca came back on Tuesday, and at 3 in the morning, um, Eric was having problems breathing. And he got up and he kind of passed out and and fell and hit his head um and he was concerned about that so he went and woke Rebecca up and asked her to take him to the emergency room and so she did and so I woke up to a text the next morning saying I'm in the emergency room but I'm fine my heart's okay I didn't have a stroke you know he was trying to call me and um and I was like well do I need to come back because I was supposed to come back the next day and I said am I supposed to come back excuse me and he said he said I don't know and he said I'm gonna have the doctor call you well sometimes Eric tended to be kind of dramatic as you know (laughs) so I didn't know if this was like a serious thing or if this this was just gonna be like I'm gonna hassle getting back and then he's gonna go oh it's no big deal <clears throat> so I was really wrestling with that. I said, I really need to talk to the doctor. And so um, my next text, I sent him, and I said, are you okay? And he said, no, they're moving me up to St. Mark's. And so I went out to the airport to try to change my flight, and and it was really pretty traumatic, as you can imagine, because I don't know what's going on. And then they paged me at the airport And then I talked to the OR nurse, and she said, you need to get back right away. And so I left my cell phone in my mom's car, and she was circling around to see if I was going to get a flight. And she had my luggage and all that, so I grabbed my luggage. But as I was standing there waiting for her, um, there was a security guard there. And I said, can I borrow your cell phone? I really need, need to make a call. And she said, well, we're not allowed to have cell phones but are you okay? And I said, no, I'm really not okay. I just found out my husband has to go in for open heart surgery. And she said, I'm so sorry to hear that. Can I please pray for you? God is so good. So we had this sweet little time of prayer on the curb at the Vegas airport, but I'm not supposed to tell you about that. Then I went back in and stood in line for what seemed like hours and hours and hours. And then when I got up to the front, they told me that a one-way ticket was going to be over $800. 
And I just kind of stood there and I started crying and somehow magically he got me a ticket for 200. So (laughs) it works. (laughs) So next time I get pulled over, never mind. Um, (laughs) So anyway, so then I I flew back um, and Eric was already in surgery. Um, He FaceTimed me at the air when I was just leaving the airport and or just I'm leaving the line, and he FaceTimed me, and he told me he loved me. I said, just get healthy, babe. I love you. So those were the last words that I spoke to him, and um, so that was the longest flight of my life, and I came back, and and, um, he was in surgery for 11 hours, and the doctor came out at about one in the morning and didn't have the greatest bedside manner. I don't, I'm not going to gossip, but um, <coughs> he basically said, he's not going to survive this. And that's when we recognized that this was, this was serious. So then he, he got called back into surgery. So he was in surgery for another three hours. And they basically said that um, if he didn't have any neurological function, that it was over. And so, of course, we prayed and prayed and prayed. And they always say that the last thing to go is your hearing. And so we would go in and talk to him. Well, on um, Wednesday evening, I, I had some time alone with him. And he just, he looked so terrible. I mean, just he was so swollen and, and he had all kinds of medication. And he just looked like he had just been so traumatized and I was just just talking to him and saying come on babe we need you you can't you can't leave if you're in there come on fight and the Holy Spirit just said to me he's in my presence it was I was telling somebody last night it was like one of those thoughts you know the rhema thing when it's like 10,000 thoughts all at once and the Lord just said he's worshiping me would you want him to come back and the Lord just said he would never ask you to come back and so I released him to the Lord and then my my friend Chris Cleveland and Randy Cleveland were there with me and I told her that I knew he was gone but I didn't tell I couldn't tell very many people because I knew that they would think that I just that I didn't have faith but I do have faith because I read the Bible. <laughs> and the Bible talks a lot about death. And the Bible talks about it is, it is appointed once for a man to die. It says that he has determined the number of our days. It says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It says that the grave cannot overcome us. You know, that the, the thing is that I was, I was so mad at him for leaving me and so jealous, but so grateful. And so I just said to him, I said, you're free at last. Worship. And so, you know, you guys were here worshiping and praying during that time. And I really feel like that's when he went to be with the Lord right then. That's when his soul went to be with the Lord. And so the next morning, I woke up and we had a 
you know, had some rough decisions to make as a family. But I want to share this with you, that <clears throat> that right before we made the decision to pull life support, because there was no indication whatsoever. He had no neurological function whatsoever. And the nurse even opened his eyes, and I looked, and he wasn't there. I knew he wasn't there. And so... <laughs> So we all prayed as a family in this suite that they brought us because we were overtaking the whole hospital. And and um, just right as we prayed, I prayed, Lord, we thank you for his life. We thank you for what he represented. You know, and I just was praying that, and I said, and now we just release him to your hand. And <laughs> there was the loudest thunder crash I have ever heard in my life. We all knew it. Call it a coincidence, okay? I'm, I'm holding on to my story. <laughs> Eric's like, made it! <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. So the condition that he had, he had an, um, an, a dissenting aortic aneurysm. His, his aorta was eight times the size of normal. It, the doctor said he had never seen... Eric did everything extreme, so... <laughs> and anyway, I just, I just wanted to say to you guys that, um, you know, the Lord has been so gracious to me, and he's prepared me. The process began two years ago. The Holy Spirit started speaking to me, and last week the Lord told me through a scripture in Joshua... It said, it says, behold, my servant Moses is dead. Now I have called you to lead these people. And when I read that, the Holy Spirit said, this is Eric, and I'm talking to you. And so, of course, in our human fashion, I was like, oh, well, that means da-da-da-da. And then I defined what that meant. But the Lord has already been speaking to me and preparing me. And, you know, Eric's been handing over the responsibility for the leadership of the church and he's been doing honestly Eric has been living his dream for the last year he's been creating I've been getting letters from China I got a letter from this man this producer who just said they're all devastated but um but Eric was doing exactly what he wanted he built a recording studio in our house and he um he just was, he was doing what he wanted to do. And so the Lord really prepared us, prepared my heart. And, um, you know, the Bible says we don't grieve as those who have no hope. And while I am really sad about the fact that I don't, <laughs> we were walking down the road the other day, Rebecca and I, and there was this elderly couple walking down the road. And you know the waves of grief that you kind of go through, and everything sets it off. So we're, we're walking, and I see this elderly couple, and I just lost it, and I just started crying. I'm like, I don't get to grow old with the love of my life. And I was just crying, and Rebecca goes, I hate to break it to you, Mom, but you've already done that. <laughs> so in those moments, you know, where we're <laughs> grieving... I believe that, you know, I mean, I'm sorry if I don't want to offend anybody, but the God who created farts, I think that he would let us laugh. <clears throat> so, anyway, <laughs> I don't think he cares. I mean, he knows. 
that if we didn't laugh, we would be consumed with sorrow. And, you know, Eric was larger than life. He really was. And the thing is, you know, you look over there, it says life, world, dream. Grow your life, impact your world, and live your dream. So if there's anything that I can leave you with, anything that would honor his memory, anything that he would, above all things, desire for every one of you, is that you would be changed by his homegoing. That you wouldn't go back to just a status quo life, an average life, a life lived for futility. Eric was a man of purpose and passion. And every single person he came in contact with, he shared the gospel. He would figure out a way. Like no one I've ever seen. You know, he would be standing there picking out a carrot or whatever, and then he'd go, you know, carrots. And then he would go off and so... He led more people to Jesus than anybody I've ever met in my life. And his goal and his desire for each and every person he came in contact with is that they would fully become who God created them to be. That's all he cared about, was expanding the kingdom of God and seeing people released into their calling. So if I can encourage you in anything, if you loved Eric and if you want to honor his memory in any way, Embrace the calling that God has on your life. Don't go back to just a normal life. Live an exceptional life like he did. So I just wanted to kind of share with you guys, you know, we're mourning. Our family's mourning. And trust me, I am going to use the widow card so much. (laughs) My friends are already getting sick of my widow jokes. (laughs) I never thought I would be a widow at this young age. (laughs) I really never did. But I trust the Lord. My hope is in the Lord all day long. And whatever he has for me, he told me the other morning when I had to come to terms with the fact that Eric was going to be leaving me, the Lord just kept saying, I'm preparing you. I'm preparing you. And, of course, I wanted him to tell me more (laughs) because that was like, okay, what for going to give me something here. So I know that the Lord has prepared me. He's preparing me. And we're going to grieve together as a family, as a church family. We're going to respect each other's desire to grieve the way that only they can grieve. It's a very personal thing. Nobody can tell you how to grieve. I have never done this before, so I'm probably going to make mistakes. Please extend grace to me and my family and to others. But we are going to go through this process together. We're not going to rush this process just to hurry up and move on with life. We're going to fully get to the point where we have grieved together. doesn't sound much fun, but it's a necessary thing. And I just want to say, I'm not mad at God. I'm not mad at God. I'm a little mad at Eric, but I'm not mad at God. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. No, I'm not really. Yes, I am. (laughs) No. (laughs) So I just want to say, you know, three-year-old's favorite question is, why? 
That's what three-year-olds ask. So we want to be mature. We don't want to ask God why. He doesn't owe us an explanation. He doesn't have to tell us anything. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he might instruct him? Who are you, O man, to talk back to God? I'm not trying to be harsh, but I'm just saying, don't be mad at God. Don't be mad at God. I'm not. We're going to cycle through our, our grief. We're going to cycle through. You know, we're going we're gonna to be angry at times. We're going to be depressed at times. We're going to be, you know, whatever all the phases of grief. We're going to go through those. I don't think it's this clean little sequential thing that you just go through. I think you hit it all the gamut. But I just want to encourage you guys to, to pull together, draw together. Talk about Eric. Talk about your, your own calling. Talk about the things that the Lord's telling you and invest in the word of God. That's the only thing that's sustaining me. I'm telling you, if it, would, if it were not for the Bible, I would not be standing right now. Know the word of God because whatever you invest in is that which you will withdraw when you go through trials. This is not a trial I would have chosen. But my intention is to honor the Lord as I go through this process. And that's all that I desire for you guys, too, is that you'd honor God as you go through this process. I love you guys so much. Eric loved you so much. He loved you guys so much. Thanks, Jeff. So, in closing, I just want to say to God be the glory. Great things He has done. I love you guys. Ira has a word for us. He's going to share. Can you guys just welcome him? We're going to pray for you first. Can you just extend your hand to Jody, representing this entire family, the Manry family? Lord God, we just uh, thank you for the gift that is this family. We thank you for Eric's life. And now we ask, God, that you would comfort and strengthen each and every family member, that you would speak to them in the recesses of their soul, the goodness of God the promises of God and bathe them in the ointment of your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to lift them up in prayer on a daily basis. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for us having the privilege to be able to love and care for these guys as our church family. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Thanks for preaching the whole message, Jody. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to do a memorial here. Uh, I think that we're, we're going to do a great job of celebrating his life on the 27th and on his birthday. 
but I, I do believe that God wants to speak to us as a congregation. He wants to speak to us in this moment, in these, in the, in these moments in our lives. This is when some of the great decisions are made that change the course of our destiny forever. And I'm looking for that to be this today. And wouldn't that be exactly what Eric wanted? So because I'm immature, I'm going to ask the question, why? Three questions we're going to talk about. Why did this happen? What about all the promises of God? And how do we live now? These are the three questions that I've already heard over and over and over again through the last few days. Why would someone who loved God so much, so gifted and talented, oh, it just kills me how gifted he was. His influence was exponentially expanded in this last year to go global in so many ways, as we know, in the Philippines, in all of Asia, and in China. This great influence in the prime of his ministry and the potential to affect nations, literally, and that was his vision. He was going to see China one for Christ. Caleb, his son, and I had a conversation the night before Eric went to be with the Lord. And, and he said, what about God's promises to Eric? And this is something I want to address. And I think God has a great answer for us in that. What about all the vision that God had given to Eric? Is it now for naught? I don't think so. And how are we going to move forward as a church, as individuals, as family and friends, how are we going to move forward with this gaping hole in our souls that one of the biggest people in the universe put there because he was one big guy? So let's deal with the, the first question. Why do bad things happen when bad things happen to God's people? You know, we're complex beings, and I am not trying to give conclusive answers here. I'm just trying to look at the Word of God and see what we can do to be able to grab hold of something, to move forward, and to honor the Lord and honor the legacy of Eric Ramon Van Rie. That was his middle name, by the way. Ramon. I used to love to call him that. And I want, I want to look at uh, Joseph. I think Joseph is a really good example of this. And it says in Genesis 37, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of the other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any other of them. They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. And Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. And he said to them, listen to this dream I had. 
We were binding sheaves of corn out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered round mine and bowed down to it. Joseph was loved by God. Joseph was loved by his father in very special, unique ways. And he got special gifts. He got this coat of many colors that that we are so uh, aware of in the scripture and celebrated of in musicals and songs. Joseph had a dream. This wasn't just any dream. This was a dream that God gave him. It was a call of God on his life. And when we look at Eric, we see the same thing. We see someone who is loved by God. I mean, you have to be loved by God to get that many gifts and talents. You really do. It's, it's just shocking to think how much he could have contained in that head. The thoughts, ideas, and concepts that were there. I used to love bumping into him in Smith's at about 11 o'clock at night when I needed my comfort food. And, and he was pushing a cart around with earbuds in, listening to a sermon with hot dogs in the cart. And we'd bump into each other. He was always learning. He was a learner. So gifted, so talented. This great coat of many colors was the incredible lineup of gifts that Eric had been given by God. And he was called by God, and you can see it. You can see it from the very beginning and just knowing Eric over 30 years, almost 30 years now. It's, it's, it, it's amazing. From the beginning, you saw the call of God in his life, even though I told Jody, don't marry him. You saw the call of God. And then bad things happen. Here's this guy, Joseph, who has all this good stuff called by God. You'd think, okay, he's going to have this great smooth road, but then he has years of misery. Years of bad things happen. His brothers were jealous. They hated him. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. That's a pretty terrible thing to have happen. Here you are, you say, hey, this is this great thing that God's given me. And of course, he probably didn't do it in the most appropriate way, but... To have that kind of response is not what you expect. God's calling me. And you get clobbered by all your brothers. They hated him. They plotted to kill him. They threw him in a cistern. And we're going to leave him for dead. They decided, okay, let's not do that. Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and get him out of here. I mean, can you imagine that really happening? Then he was sold as a slave to Potiphar. And of course, in this home of Potiphar's, he was a ruler in in his country. And And he saw that the blessings of God were on Joseph. And so Joseph rose up in this household and became the leader of this household. But then there was old Potiphar's wife who had some intentions that weren't very good and was looking around to sneak out of her marriage and to 
to do some things that you shouldn't do. And poor Joseph got messed up in it. Bad things happen. Bad things happen. Here is this guy, knows God, called by God, blessed by God, and he gets in this house where this vixen is about ready to wreak havoc in his life. Genesis 39 says, When his master heard this story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. She lied and and said it was, was his fault. He burned with anger, and Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph... Joseph was there in prison. And while he was there in prison, he bumped into the king's cupbearer and baker. And he interpreted dreams for them because he was gifted by God. He had talent given by God. And he said, don't forget me when you get released. But he was forgotten. Two years in prison. Bad things happen. This is not what you expect to happen when you get the call of God on your life, is it? But it does. And then Pharaoh had this dream, and he was very concerned about it. And so he asked for people to interpret it. But no one could interpret it. But the cupbearer finally remembered Joseph, who interpreted his dream correctly. And he said, I know someone. So Joseph was called before Pharaoh, and he interpreted the dream. And Joseph became the leader of Egypt under Pharaoh because of interpreting this dream that protected the entire country from famine. He led Egypt under Pharaoh. Meanwhile, Joseph's dad, they're starving. And so Joseph's dad sends his brothers to go and get food from Egypt because it's the only place in the entire region that has food because of Joseph himself being exactly where he is. They get food. They come back a second time, unaware of the fact that that is their brother, Joseph, who they had sold into slavery. Bad things happen. Finally, after the second visit, Joseph, just out of passion, just reveals himself. He couldn't, couldn't hold back anymore. And the brothers are shocked and, and fearful of retribution from a possibly angry, bitter, revengeful brother who now had their lives in his hand. Eric had bad things, too, in his life. I'm not going to mention all of them, but I'll tell you one thing. He, is, he was the most loyal person in the universe. He was like a bulldog, right? When, when, when he believed in you, he held on to you with dear life. And it took something gigantic for that to change. One of the great pains that he had in his life was that there were some betrayals that took place. It caused him such devastation in his soul because he was the most loyal being there ever was. He was true to his soul when it came to loyalty to people. 
And then, of course, this whole physical issue that he faced. I just can't imagine him FaceTiming Jody and telling him that he loved her for the last time. First Peter 4 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Do not be surprised. Do not be surprised when bad things happen when you are called by God. Do not be surprised. We rejoice because we participate in the sufferings of Christ. Eric lived that life. I've been a senior pastor before. I know what it's like. The burden is heavy. And he lived that life. And then there's the why of God. Joseph's brothers were were fearful. You can imagine. Selling your brother into slavery. And now... He's the most powerful person in the nation and he has the power to crush you if he was angry. But he wasn't because he had God's perspective. Let's see what he said. Come close to me, he said. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. You can imagine right there. Okay, here it comes. And now do not be distressed. And do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there'll be plowing and no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance, and that includes Christ. For then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. It was God himself. If you want to know why, the answer is because God has a plan. God has a great plan that you could never know in a cistern. You could never know in Potiphar's house. You could never know in jail for two years. But God has a plan. It is farther, deeper, wider, grander than you could ever see in your own sight. And so I thank God that Jody is able to say that she is not angry at God because she knows that God has a plan. And we know that God has a plan. Eric lived a life that honored God but had a very bad thing happened to him and to his family. Why? I'll tell you why. That many more 
may be saved. That many more will be saved. More people are going to come to faith through Christ because of Eric's going to be with the Lord than him in his lifetime. I believe that. It is the goodness of God. Timothy Keller said, just because you can't see or imagine a good reason why God might allow something to happen doesn't mean that there can't be one. And there is. Eric's favorite movies were The Lord of the Rings. How many times did he quote him? In The Lord of the Rings... Sam Gamgee discovers that his friend Gandalf was not dead as he had thought. He cries. I thought you were dead, but then I thought I was dead myself. Is everything sad going to come untrue? The answer to Christianity to that question is yes. Everything sad is going to come untrue and it will somehow be greater for having once been broken and lost. Isn't that a great understanding? Why will everything bad become untrue? Because of Eric's favorite thing, the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose because of the cross of Christ. He loved that cross. He taught us all to love that cross and to love the grace of God that flowed from it. Amen? Question two, what about all the promises of God and the promises that God made to Eric? Hebrews 11 says this, all these people, we just went through the entire gamut of all these people that trusted God in their lives in the hall of faith in chapter 11. And it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things know that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. Eric saw the promises of God better than anyone I ever knew. We would pace together in different locations and believe God for what he had. He was, had greater faith than anyone I ever knew. It was a faith of abandon, a faith uh, that was over 110%. And he saw with his eyes like not many people that I know can see with their spiritual eyes what he saw. And when Caleb asked me, what about the promises that God had given to Eric? I said, they are going to be fulfilled in us. 
Eric saw them from a distance and he welcomed it. He saw it. I just remember being here before we moved here and and having him tell me about the dreams that he saw of the grace of God flowing from South Mountain and going in the South and in the North and people getting saved. He saw it. God is going to fulfill those promises to Eric through us. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Many seeds. Many seeds. And we are those seeds. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will even do greater things than these because I am going to the Father. That is us, Adventure Church. That is us. We are those seeds. He has planted in us grace. He has planted in us the passion of loving people, loving God and loving people. And we are those seeds. Why did Joseph get thrown into a cistern? Hated, sold off as a slave, unjustly accused by Potiphar's wife, forgotten in prison for two years. God had a plan that made everything bad, untrue, the salvation of millions. And we are going to see that same thing happen. You know, one thing Eric always said, he always said, God told me, Everyone is going to know that I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) And we are going to be that expression of life that Eric instilled in us. This is the house of God that is Eric's vision and Jody's vision. And we are going to move this forward in a big way. Without our knowing, God has been preparing us. Jody mentioned it. Jody has been brought in as the, as, the, as the lead in our church. Isn't that amazing that God was caring for us already? Doesn't that just speak about the sovereignty of God? That he has planned this all along. Out of love. Out of purpose. And what a wonderful thing to think about these, these last months, I think is maybe almost two years, of Eric being able to dream like no one ever dreamt. That is the most fitting way for Eric Van Rie to be transported to God. Dreaming, dreaming. Question three, how do we live now? Just very quickly. We see God's greater vision, but we still mourn. We're going to mourn. Mourning is a good thing. It is something that God sears in your soul, and at the end, you are greater for it. And the gift that God has given us through that person who is gone can now be moved forward through our lives. 
Lamentations 3 says, for men are not cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. We will grieve, but God's compassion will be there. And we will become a greater, stronger church and individuals because of it. So great is his unfailing love, for he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. This is on purpose because God has a plan. This is the last scripture I want to share with you in just a closing remark. Hebrews 13 says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Remember our leader. Reckless abandon for believing God. A faith that was great where mighty things happened because of it. He stepped out on a limb more than anybody I know. It is time for us to get out of the boat, as I like to say, in a greater way. He had greater courage than any man I ever knew. Believing God and studying the word and standing on what he thought was the word, what it was saying, even against obstacles and against uh, people saying, no, that isn't what it is. He was bold. He was loyal. His talents were fully invested, transformed and healed by God. You know his life. Remember our leader. Consider his outcome. Consider his outcome. Do not weep for him in the sense of poor Eric. Everyone wants to end their life like this. Everyone wants to end their life like this. Expended, fully vested, sold out for God. That is what he has given to us, Adventure Church. This is the same for us. Somebody put this on Facebook. I thought it was a good, appropriate thing. He had fought the good fight. He had finished the race. He left nothing on the table. Nothing. Is that the way you're going to end your life? Nothing on the table. It is all given to God. Sold out for God. Ron Pinkston, our supervisor in Foursquare, said this in a letter to the pastors. Eric was perhaps the most brilliant person I've ever known. His breadth of knowledge was simply extraordinary. How many people do you know that visit the Harvard Physics website for recreation? (laughs) And his passion for extending the kingdom of God was a burning fire that could not be extinguished. He loved his family deeply. He was able to comprehend, digest, and disseminate complex concepts in a way that helped people understand. It was off the charts. His acceptance by the Mormon community, including those involved in polygamy, was a marvel to behold, resulting in the salvation of untold numbers. 
He was a songwriter, scriptwriter, gifted apologist, a legitimate Bible scholar, strategic thinker. I cannot imagine anyone being able to fill Eric's shoes. It will take an entire church, the Adventure Church of Utah, to do that. But then again, that is what he taught and modeled, releasing people to the gifts God has implanted in them and helping them to use their gifts to the fullest. You guys, this is the Adventure Church. Life, Eric lived a passionate, worshipful life with God. World, he evangelized everywhere, and he taught us how to do it. He said, this is the most important thing, that we love God, love people, and then dream. He was the greatest dreamer this world has ever seen. And he has implanted that in us. Are we going to answer the call, Adventure Church? We need to answer this call. Because God did this this for a reason. So that through us, many people would be saved. This whole series was on finding our purpose, being fully satisfied. We have found our purpose. We are to live life, world, dream, passionately, in honoring God, honoring Eric's life and the seed that he gave each one of us. And I just, I just want to give that opportunity for you to respond right now. If that's you, if you want to be a responder of that gift that God has given, would you just stand up right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, right now, we just come before you. We thank you that you are good. You are good. And we don't understand your goodness always, but we know that the perspective is that many will be saved. And we right now take hold of the promise and the gift. We understand, God, We remember our leader. We consider his outcome and we choose to imitate his faith. Not in an idolatrous way, but to honor him and to honor the Holy Spirit and the grace of God that flooded his soul and to worship you. Lord, we choose today. We're going to go through a mourning process, but we choose today to live out this great thing that you gave us through Eric, life, world, dream. And see many people, nations transformed, this state saved, people delivered from addiction, delivered from depression, and set free. We give that to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Please consider the words I've said. We are going to be speaking about that over the next weeks. God is doing something wonderful in our midst, even as we mourn the loss of our dear pastor. Amen. Have a great day.